Show me your De Niro face. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like this. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 566. Make sure that you check out all of our previous episodes, MarkingOut.com. Make sure that you are subscribed and downloading on all platforms such as Spotify and every other thing that you can find out there. And most important, Go ahead, head over to that ProWrestlingTees.com, buy a t-shirt for marking out. Also, make sure you give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at marking out. And also check us out on Instagram, at marking out 11 Follow us on Twitch. And also head over to Manscaped.com, where you can use the discount code REGARDLESS. I am one of your hosts, Dave the rave that all the ladies crave and you can check me out on twitter and on instagram at david pt dpt and make sure that you also check out chris at chris Dog. And also make sure you check out the B to the G, the Brandon, Brandon, Cousin Brandon, at BTTG161. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always, and yourself? I'm doing, uh, doing good, doing oh good. How uh, was your it week? Feels like, it feels like it's been like two weeks since we uh, had on an episode. Yeah, yeah, feels like it. Feels this was like, like it. a jam-packed week. Like I went from stuffing to going out a bunch. <laughs> you know, making hey, stuffing. You know, you you gotta live that rock and roll lifestyle, which I know yeah. you do. I know but you. My do. my stuffing, I'm sad to say, came out a little too loose, so I had to flatten it out on a cookie sheet. So and... the stuffing was not stuffed. No. It was technically it's dressing, but interesting. But I always call it stuffing. But I put mm-hmm. it on a baking sheet. It was pretty good. The flavors right. were there. You saved I it. I also I went to my aunt and uncle's house for Hanukkah on Saturday. Oh, nice! So that was fun. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I watched Triple Mania Rahia on Saturday night and. Uh, <laughs> It did not meet my expectations. Now, is it true that there are three events that take place? What does that mean? Well, it's triple mania. That means three of manias. No. Are there three? There's not. Triple so mania could... is normally in, uh, I want to say like June-ish. Or something like that. And then I think this year, in the past two years, they might have done Rahia. Rahia! Triple, triple Mania. I think it's Revenge, if I'm not... Something like that. 
Mm-hmm. But FTR versus Lucha Bros were that was a weird match because they like randomly like they came out to do a, a promo instead of the match mm-hmm. and got heat off of that and then like they brawled and I was like that they're not gonna have the match. And then one of the commentators uh, was like, oh, it's going to happen later on, which made no sense. And then they went into a random match that wasn't announced with Willie Mack in the match, who was like one of the most over people on that show. And then they go into FTR versus Lucha Bros, and it turned into a ladder match. And it Phoenix sounds, barely wrestled. It was it was like... It sounds like so they didn't know I, what they were doing. I didn't understand it at all, but then... Kane Velasquez had his big return to AAA. And this was more like the Kane that we saw against Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. Ah, WWE more ruined MMA him. than what we saw of Kane Velasquez in AAA in 2019, which I thought was weird. They ruined was, him. Yeah, and then him being a face, getting booed over L.A. Park, who's uh, a heel getting cheered, was weird. And then the main event, we saw El Hijo del Vikingo... Defeat Samurai Del Sol, Bandito, Bobby Fish, and Jay Lethal to become the new Mega Champion. Obviously, Kenny Omega is injured, so he had to give up the title. Uh, I think the outcome was obvious, but I feel like the match didn't need Bobby Fish or Jay Lethal. I would have been satisfied with just Bandito and... Samurai Del Sol being in there with Vikingo. And then it comes to comes out today or or this week, Bandito got COVID and he's out of the 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 last ever maybe Ring of Honor match. Oh man. That's so, that yeah, stinks. That's, uh, it's a whirlwind. But Taya Valkyrie appeared on a, a video during this to challenge Deanna Perrazzo because Deanna Perrazzo's champion down there still. The Reina mm-hmm. de Reina's champion. So that's cool I mean, that she's back. I mean, then you have Tony Khan saying that he's going to lend some superstars that, yeah, over for Ring of Honor. So it's going to be Lethal. interesting to see what happens. It's Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal was the guy oh. that, that was replaced, yeah. Oh, so it was just, just Jay Lethal? I mean, as you of never now, know. They, they announced Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, but you never know if they're going to have anybody else show up. Yeah, but for that match, people are like, oh my god, it's got to be CM Punk. It's got to be Brian Danielson. Some people CM were like, Punk it has Brian. to be Seth Rollins. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and why would it be? Dan- like, I get it. Marks are going to mark. And of right. course, I would love to see one of those wrestlers in Ring of Honor again. But c- come on. Uh, well, I mean, again, I mean, when he when Tony Khan steps up, I've got to do this, you know. I think it's awesome that he stepped up. What do you mean stepped up, though? It's I think it's person, awesome that he's... Jay Lethal, who's barely used. Yeah, but I think it's awesome that he's he's... Allowing we don't know what the wrestlers step to go there. Means. We don't know. And again, that's that's like Tony Khan tooting his own horn. Like that NWA women's pay-per-view. He's like, well, I didn't get any uh any admiration for paying the women. Mm-hmm. God. I don't know. I got no beef with him. I think he's but, cool. But uh yeah, final battle. I'd say the only person that deserves to be in that uh main event match more than anybody is Matt Cardona. He should have been in that match. Could have that made would a, be nice. Could have made ROH history. That would be nice. But, but. Uh, I finally I saw the Eternals on Monday this week, so I'm glad nice. I got to see it in theaters and I enjoyed it. I didn't obviously I didn't know the Eternals going into it, and uh, I still was able to enjoy it. I know a lot of people kind of like bash that movie. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that Disney stood their ground with everything though. 
with not removing uh making any edits to their movie i think that's awesome what with their portrayal of a uh homosexual character oh so yeah no that was backlash oh yeah huge huge backlash i believe in the middle east where they requested they weren't even going to air the movie they requested disney change their entire movie pretty much and disney said no so i i give huge props to disney you know that's yeah, awesome. It's unfortunate that people are like that. I agree. I agree. But I that's cool. To, that you got the. That's cool. I you guess. got to see the movie and stuff. I haven't. I haven't. I. I honestly don't know anything about the Eternals. I. Do I have to have Disney Plus? Like, do I have to see all those other TV shows to understand what's taking place, or no? Nah. So it's totally separate. Um. I mean, without spoiling. It would yeah, be tough pretty to say. Much. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, know. obviously, not the not the shows, but the other movies. There's like name drops and stuff, but not like, not the yeah. shows. I'm. I mean, I know you've you we've heard some name drops during like the commercials and stuff, but it's one of those things where I'm not like in need to see it. You know, like Infinity War, I had to see. The Eternals, I don't know. Yeah, well, Spider-Man comes out this month, so. No, how is it already Spider-Man month? Yeah. I, I feel like we just got the trailer. I mean, we did just get the we trailer did. two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm, already supposed to be out. I think it was supposed to come out in July. I, and everything probably. was pushed. I, I'm so excited for that movie. I'm going to geek out so much. Uh, there's so much to look forward to. And I love the fact that we haven't even seen real clips of the movie you know you've seen quick splices but that's really it you mean a trailer (laughs) yeah i mean you haven't seen garfield you haven't seen uh, mcguire garfield yeah garfield right andrew garfield yeah but when you say garfield is just garfield i automatically think of the cat the cat yeah yes now starring uh spider-man is going to be garfield garfield and heathcliff so yeah very cool but, but I also awesome. I yeah. went to went to AEW at the UBS Arena this past Wednesday. AE Dubs, how was it? Uh, overall, I enjoyed the show. The staff needs a lot more training. Now, uh, staff, I know AEW like staff there's... or the arena staff. Obviously, the arena staff <laughs> and the referee staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, I thought maybe I'm like the only person there that's like. I was like, I went in, I'm like, I'm going to try not to focus on the the horrible officiating. And then every time there was something like really stupid with the referees or something really bad, um, people around me, all around me, they were like booing the referees. And I was like, thank God, it's not just me. I feel like these referees, though, don't have, I mean, they have experience, right? They have experience yeah. on the independence and stuff like that. Some of them have years of experience. But like, I, like, it seems like the ones in the performance center, they go through all the training there as well. Like, there's really no, I don't know if there's any training outside. I, I don't know the life of a referee. Yeah, I don't know. We have to call up our expert, uh, Corey Price. Well, I mean, the, the schools, obviously, if you're going to be training to be a ref, you're going to be training to be a ref. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if there's any continuing education. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know, but so many people complained about the parking situation at UBS Arena. Yeah, how was that? We bought the $30 parking, which is the most. There was $20 parking, $25 parking, and $30 parking. We purchased it way beforehand. Uh Uh-huh. And we showed up. We're, like, going around. We're like, is this the way we go? And then we finally we see signs for Diamond. We keep going the way the Diamond goes. Keep going. Keep going. And then we pull up, and they scan us in. They're like, oh, take a left over here. And it's literally right outside the arena. We were so, in and out so quickly. I was like blown away. All right, so there you go. So if you're going to that arena it, for the extra, the extra ten dollars, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, for, I, I like, mean, I was, I, I, I wish I had more time to like walk around and and check out the arena and stuff. But, why didn't you? Because I didn't have time. What do you mean? You could have. Where? How am I getting time? I, when I'm when I'm in there, there's why all not, these people walking around. Why not walk around after? After, yeah, you don't have to. Why leave would I ever right walk around afterwards? I don't know. You don't. It's have like to leave after things. eleven p.m. Yeah, I mean, you walk no. around, you see if there's any souvenir cups laying Absolutely around. You know, not. No, I, I took <laughs> my my friend. I went with Brandon. Uh huh. And uh, and he got a soda, so I took his cup. Oh, they actually had souvenir cups. I don't remember if they had no, that. They actually. had inaugural season. Oh, cups. oh. UBS oh. Arena Cups. Very cool. AEW, Very cool. I don't understand. I want collector cups. I want posters. I want programs. I don't know. I think I think right now with AEW, they're still pro- I, it seems like they're still getting their feet wet, wet with everything. And all they're selling the, is t-shirts. And I think obviously that's, but, they have event DVDs and stuff. And then they have yeah, but, stickers, pins, they have a ten dollar backpack. I don't know. That's but not that's something all... I would ever have. And then, of course, the signed figures. I almost fainted. I saw a two hundred dollar Chris Jericho figure. I uh, that's uh, okay. So th- I and could then understand the other ones them not hundred dollars. That those I could are under... not worth it to me at all. I I could understand them not having programs and collectible cups because they're just getting started now. Next year, I would like we're to have. Just I... getting started. They're in year three almost. Large venue wise, though. What do you mean? They have so many programs or like. I think it just goes back to we don't know who's actually signed to AEW. I don't know. Have they ever had a program? No. I don't know. I think I don't know. Hopefully, at some point, they do have programs and stuff like that. the The sign, the selling of the figures, though, is absurd. A hundred dollars for Jungle Boy autograph on an action figure. But I think I really think that's pro wrestling tees. I don't think that's AEW. It could I could be, be completely wrong, but I think. The venue stuff that's being sold is all pro wrestling tees. Given, it could be. I mean, I, mean, I understand, yes, that's who's making the t-shirts and stuff. And they're showing up in pro wrestling tees boxes. Yeah. So that's why I assume that the signed stuff and everything else is from them. I mean, you go on their website, maybe, they have stuff like that similar. Maybe. But the thing that I don't – I don't know. I think it's it's really shows something when you go to a WWE event. And you can buy John Cena autograph for what? How much was it? Like twenty dollars? Literally twenty bucks. Twenty dollars. You could buy the biggest pro wrestler. Cena sits there for probably what three hours, two hours. Signs maybe what five hundred autographs. Twenty dollars. But you're gonna sell me Jungle Boy for a hundred. What the, that does not add up at all. I think I'm sorry that that's just that figures. 
If WWE just... had signed figures, I think the top price might be 50 Yeah. But I, I feel like that's just wrong to your fans. Like, how can you charge your fans that work hard for their money $100 for an autograph and even have yeah. all of them at the equal at the equal pricing? The meet and greet prices are a bit steep to me as well, but... I think that's absurd. Like, before their shows, they have meet and greets that you could purchase ahead of time for some people. They have, like, mm-hmm. maybe four per show. Uh, I think the cheapest those are is like uh, fifty bucks, and mm-hmm. they go up to like seventy five, maybe even more than that. Yeah, I, I don't know. But you went to the event and you had fun. You got to yeah. see a lot of you got to see a lot of NYWC and Creative Pro wrestlers and Wrestle Pro. Yeah, and Wrestle Pro, yes, which is incredible. Yeah, and then obviously other people. I, I mean, I. I'll talk about it a lot later. Yeah, I'm sure, but but yeah, overall I enjoyed it. And I would totally go back to an event there. I don't know necessarily take a train, but oh, you took a train in? No, I said I don't think I. Oh no, you didn't take like... it. You you spoke about how you bought parking. Right? Why would you bring up the? I don't know. I'm saying, I... Like I don't know if I would take a train there. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's only. Like the parking seemed like it wasn't that bad from what you said, right? And also, I, I mean, if it depends on how many people are in your car right now, S- split that two ways, fifteen bucks each. A train ticket is is over twenty. Yeah, and you're at the more of a time uh, constraint of that train schedule instead yeah. of being on your own. And it's the same thing. Like even like uh, if you if you buy like the twenty dollar parking, you're on the schedule of a shuttle. Mm-hmm. Because you have to go all the way around a racetrack. You don't have to take the shuttle. Yeah. But who's walking? I'm not a horse. That's a tie into the racetrack. If you didn't know, Belmont is a, a horse yes. racing track. <laughs> yes. Instead, my mind went to Family Guy when you said that. Why? I'm a horse. No, I'm a broom. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Well, how was your week? Thanks for asking, my friend. Cousin, family, blood. Thanks for asking. Uh, My week was actually really good, you know. Uh, I thought we were going to get some snow this week, but we did not get any snow. Actually, that's a lie. Oh, by the way, I also, sorry to cut you off there, I went to Roosevelt Field for the first time in like two and a half years. Me too. Me too. When did you go? What if we went went the day? I went the day that you did. What? Did you actually or no? No. No. When did actually, you go? I don't know. When did I go? On Sunday. I went Monday. <laughs> oh no, we just missed each other. Do they have a cookie store there? A slush a slush gimmick? I didn't really walk around. It was disappointing to see the Disney store not there anymore. But like obviously the floor is Disney store, but yeah, I didn't really walk around as much as I wanted to. I was actually pleasantly surprised that most people I saw were, it seemed like people were wearing the mask. You must be blind. I don't know. When I was walking I felt through like Macy's. I the only person there wearing a mask. Really? When I was walking mm-hmm. in, when I was shopping in Macy's, everybody that I saw was wearing a mask, maybe here and there. More were wearing a mask than not when mm-hmm. I was there, which is kind of like a relief. Even though, like, I'm boosted and stuff, it's still, I don't know. I want to give peace of mind to everybody else around you. 
<laughs> but that's cool. What did he go for? Just to walk. Mike needed stuff. Nice, nice. Did he get me anything for the holidays? No, I uh, I didn't get anything. Wow. Although nice. Brandon told me he got me a Hanukkah present. I'm like, why? <laughs> and uh, and then he finally told me what it was, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. What it was, was it? A, uh, he ended up getting me. So I sent him a picture of a picture that I took from Survivor Series 2011 of The Rock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, this is literally like the best picture of The Rock I've ever taken because he's doing like the classic turnbuckle rock pose and everything. Yeah. And for some reason, he went and made that into a framed picture. And I was like, oh, that's thanks. Wow, that's that's really Completely thoughtful. unnecessary, but thanks. Yeah, that's really thoughtful. That's cool. So whenever it comes, it comes. I don't know. Maybe that'll yeah. be an IG post. That's really awesome. I think that that's definitely an IG post, but very cool. Well, we got a lot of pro wrestling to talk about this week, so... Yeah. Where do you and want to unfortunately, start? Well, um, unfortunately this week, Blackjack Lanza passed away at the age of 86. Probably best known as being part of the Hall of Fame tag team, the Blackjacks, alongside Blackjack Mulligan. But I first knew him on WWE programming for being an agent during the Attitude Era. And I believe Jim Ross said he was the lead agent or the head agent. Hmm. So it's very unfortunate uh the the network is here we can go back watch a bunch of blackjack matches and uh celebrate him and our thoughts go out to his family and his friends yeah very sad uh something else that took place this week wwe didn't actually confirm it but it was confirmed by sean ross sap from fightful that jeff hardy was released and he was apparently sent home from a tour last week for having a rough night. And Sean Ross Sapp said that he heard that rehab was offered and declined. So, I don't yeah, know it's... what this is. I know there's fans going wild with speculations and everything. I just hope Jeff Hardy gets through this and is okay. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's like... <sighs> It's very sad, you know, and of course, we don't know anything for sure. You know, we don't know what this is in relation to. You can easily speculate, but and especially because there's videos out there from him being sent home from a a house show. Live event. Yes, a a live live event. And it's very sad and upsetting to see. Hopefully, Jeff Hardy is safe. And that he is in a safe place, and hopefully he does get the help that he uh, needs. Um, but yeah, like instantly, people are like, "Oh, he's gotta go to AEW," and I'm like, "No, he's gotta." Yeah, like, he's it's gotta a, get it's better. A, exactly, and it's a tough position. It's an awful position because when you, I mean, supposedly when you uh, they offered him help, you know, it, it's tough when you offer help. And you see somebody doing something damaging, you offer them help, and then they refuse you that help. It's not a good uh, scenario to be in. And then you know? people um, made this AEW versus WWE also yeah, and stuff, and it's like just awful on you. You know, yeah, don't. That's it's not, not a okay. it's not a AEW WWE thing. It's not a he was cut for budget or anything like that. You know, it's just let 
let him get the help that he needs and hopefully he does you know it seems like he i mean he does have the support from family and fans and friends uh but we all wish him all the very best i mean both of us are big jeff hardy fans yeah and it just it uh, just my, sucks uh, to see it go down this stand up was him with my head on yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it just sucks to see it go down this way um, and it sucks with the fans on the internet with the stuff that they say and then just making this into a WWE AEW. This is totally different. This is get your fantasy world and booking out of this, you know? No, no, no. I don't even mean booking. I mean, like, look what AEW did for so-and-so versus look yeah. what WWE is doing for so-and-so. When somebody offers you help and there's nothing you can do. Right. We can only wish that Jeff Hardy is safe. And yeah. gets the help that he needs. And obviously, there's a world of fans supporting and loving Jeff Hardy. So, yeah, and that, hopefully like, everything... that news broke from Fightful, that, like, the outpour of support for Jeff Hardy was there. Yeah, especially because Jeff Hardy, I mean, you, you, you've been seeing him more and more and everything like that. And he's getting used. And it's just... Uh, it just a gut punch you know but yeah but hopefully like we said he gets he is safe and gets the help that he needs and we're always going to support him yeah because that's what fans do but moving on to more pro wrestling talk let's talk about some monday night raw monday night nitro which Opens backstage with Seth Rollins putting himself over before the Big E versus Kevin Owens match. We saw Big E and Kevin Owens also speak before the match, but the, the actual first match that opens up the show, Big E picks up the victory over Kevin Owens in a cage match. And what did you What did I, you think about reason, this opening up? I liked it. I was happy with this. I mean, given the main event, that's where this needed to be. That's true with the main event and the way that that was. I like that Kevin Owens kept trying to escape through the cage via the door. Yeah, especially at the like start of it, he was going. I didn't at like it. Big E doing that though. I feel like that's more of like a heel thing to do. Yeah, uh huh. But obviously nothing awful. Like I didn't, I didn't like hate that Big E did it. But yeah, then we saw spots. We gotcha. saw the, the the top rope moonsault from Kevin Owens in the middle of the ring. I wasn't I expecting was nice. that spot. Yeah, and then Rollins smashed the door on Kevin Owens and Big E. We saw a big ending from the middle rope, which I thought was nice. And then, basically, I, for some reason, thought that this match was Kevin Owens does not get to be in the match at day one if he loses. (laughs) But that turned out to not be the case. That was the stipulation completely, uh, that was the last week's stipulation, and I forgot about it for some reason. (laughs) So he's still in that match. But Seth Rollins attacked Big E and Kevin Owens afterwards. And uh, Big E came out on top. Although during the commercial break, he's randomly, everyone's randomly down. And I'm like, what happened here? Bobby Lashley. That was weird. Yeah, that was weird that they did that during a commercial break. I wasn't expecting that. No, not at all. But then what's your take on that? I didn't understand it at all, but. I don't MVP I mean, gave I don't, the reason why Lashley did it, and that's because it was disrespectful that he wasn't in this match, and those were the consequences for it. 
I kind of don't mind it though because it it makes expect the unexpected. I mean, during a commercial break, it's like time to go to the bathroom, time to do this. You're not expecting something like that to happen during a commercial break, and then that happens. You're like, wait, what? Like you run back to your seats because you're like, well, what's taking place? So I think that that's actually a cool swerve to toss in there. I also don't necessarily need Bobby Lashley in that main event, but I'm still pulling for Kevin Owens to win the WWE Championship. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Kevo. I don't know. But the next up, you had Queen Zelina pick up the victory over Nikki A.S.H. Um, Nikki A.S.H. is just kind of falling to the side for me. Well, I mean, this feud, this match was short, like the other matches in this feud, but it's like nothing, nothing like took place in this match. The aftermath was like the more important piece where Nick, yeah. Nikki looked like she was going to maybe beat up Rhea Ripley. And then backstage we saw Rhea Ripley and Nikki talking and Rhea's like, don't worry about it. And a random fan walked up backstage asking for an autograph. And Nikki's like, oh, yeah, don't mind. And then it turned out that she was talking to Jerry Lawler, who uh, they were in Memphis. So he was happy to sign an autograph. And then Nikki was disappointed and walked off. So it seems like the end of the superheroes coming. But why would a fan be there? That made no sense. Not really good placement considering what just happened with <laughs> Seth Rollins too. I mean, I don't think not nah, a lot different. The fan didn't like run <laughs> up and attack or whatever. They're not giving permission. Be like, hey, fans, try and get backstage. <laughs> Join us backstage. Get autographs. All she you could want. Could have been a TV executive or something. We didn't have the backstory. That's true. We gotta we gotta get that backstory. After that, though, we saw the Street Profits pick up the victory over AJ Styles and almost to advance in the RK Bronament. I liked the segment right before this where Riddle made Randy Orton wear matching tan WWE blazers so they could be on commentary together. I think it's just one of those things where everybody is waiting to see when Randy Orton's going to turn on him. Maybe it's sooner than later, but uh, AJ Styles went for the phenomenal elbow here. Phenomenal elbow, the forearm. (laughs) (laughs) But almost tagged himself in, and he ends up getting the team counted out. I think that's a dumb ending. I agree with you. I think that it was a stupid ending, especially with the count out. And then he ended up leaving AJ in the ring. Yeah. And then I I like Riddle coming into the ring to interview AJ. Yeah. He interviewed the losers of the tournament, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And he tried to get Randy Orton involved, and Orton said no. After that, Damian Priest picked up the victory over Robert Roode to retain the U.S. championship. Oh, how how ye have fallen. I just wish the U.S. Open challenges were that of when John Cena was doing them. Yeah, these are nothing, and... It's unfortunate to see what's taking place with Bobby Roode even. Well, I wouldn't you know? say nothing. Like it was I thought it was a fine match, but nothing I don't know. I I'm I'm exciting. I don't know. I'm not I'm not excited for a Robert Roode match anymore. No. You know, this isn't Robert Roode of NXT or glorious Robert Roode. Um it's not entertaining to me. 
but Dolph Ziggler hit Damian Priest with a super kick afterwards, so I can only imagine that's what we're seeing next week. Yeah, the two of them go at it. But after this, you had Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Dewdrop. Um, Dewdrop just being like, no, nah, I'm good. Another countout uh, victory on Monday Night Raw. Even during the entrance, she attacked Bianca Belair. I thought this match wasn't even going to happen. Yeah, I I agree with you. And but this feud needs to end. Yes, please end. Um, I'm glad it's that so Bianca weird. Belair like, didn't wasn't able to lift her up. I when she tried to dumb. lift her up. That's a hundred percent stupid. We've seen her lift Otis. That's so stupid. True, true. Well, maybe she was kicking and squirming a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I don't understand how. We can't just see, like, why are the main roster matches, for the most part, so unenjoyable? Like, if the NXT formula for matches work, why is it not being applied? Yeah. I know. After this, we saw Miz TV, where Edge was the guest. And here he goes, I don't need Maurice, because Maurice doesn't go to places like Memphis, Tennessee. Huge, huge pop. Big pop. In the spirit of Andy Kaufman in Memphis, I thought it was a good segment. I don't think, did the crowd get it? Did anybody on Twitter Twitter, get it? As soon as he said it, I searched up Andy Kaufman and there were a few people tweeting about it. But not not many? I mean, I don't know how many or many, but. I mean, like, once he said that right away, I popped and I texted you right away. (laughs) You know, I, I caught the reference and I was just like, I really hope, like, that's a reference that everybody should know. And if they don't know, that's even more reason why he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But Miz spoke about the early on in his career, being kicked out of the locker room. Edge said he went through the same thing, and it led to Miz challenging Edge at day one. And Edge accepted Tried to goat Miz into a fight on Monday Night Raw, and Miz said no. Edge made Miz flinch and fall to the mat, and the camera completely missed it. Yeah, kind of like what Brandon usually does to me when we meet up. He does that flinching stuff to me, and it makes me crumble every time. And the camera misses it all the time. Always, always. We we saw we saw Miz react <laughs> to it via uh, a replay. Yeah, but. After that, you had the Mysterios pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. Uh, this was for them to advance in the arcade Bro-nament. Um, I was surprised. I thought Mysterios were going to definitely lose. I was hoping they were going to lose. <laughs> I was really hoping they were going to lose. Um, this match, yeah. bec- I don't know. I was hoping this Alpha was, Academy. This was a weird match, by the way. First of all, Rey Mysterio did not wrestle this match. Otis did not wrestle this match. It was literally just Chad Gable and and Dominic. And Gable missed a moonsault and got rolled up into a schoolboy to lose that match. And afterwards, Riddle tried to interview American Alpha. Not American Alpha. The Alpha Academy. (laughs) And uh, Otis ended up slamming Riddle to the mat. Yeah, it didn't end too well for Riddle on that one. No. But but throughout the night, we saw Vince McMahon and Austin Theory again backstage. And Vince, right off the bat, was like, I'm going to put you in a match. 
and Austin Theory said he wasn't ready, and then later on we saw Austin Theory working out in Vince McMahon's office, getting ready, and Vince was on the phone, and he told Austin Theory that he's not going to have a match. He'll need to find another way to impress him. He unzips his jacket and did more jumping jacks than Vince. <laughs> Vince yells at him to stop, and he's like, find another way. That's not going to impress me much or whatever. Find another that way. That won't impress me, me much. Da, so da, da, da. we go into this match of Finn you got Balor the ass, the victory but you over got T-Bar, which I thought was a pretty uh, match. Lame match. Yeah. It was like a lame Raw, Raw this match. week wasn't that great. No. It wasn't that good. It, it's a far cry from Dijak. You know, T-Bar's Even, not I mean, doing we it had me. that tease of, of that former self recently. I I want Dijak back. I remember seeing this guy. The first time I ever saw him was upstate New York in Troy uh, at a little indie show at a... At a a, uh, like a yeah, elementary yeah. school. An elementary at, school. It was like a, a, a maybe it was a center. I forgot what it was, but it was in a little small gymnasium. And this guy, he's tall. He's got the look. He got into the ring. I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, holy crap! I don't know who this guy is, but he is a star, you know. And I forgot. Like he ended up demolishing his opponent. And then I ended up running into him, like meeting him in the hallway, and he just towered over me, which like ninety five percent of the people that I meet do, anyways. But it, it, yeah, he deserves so much more than T Bar, and I really want to see him excel. But yeah, yeah, but this is where Austin Theory came in and attacked Finn Balor. Whether or not impressed Vince McMahon, we'll find out next Monday. Uh, next up, you saw Dana Brooke backstage, 24-7 championship in hand, just walking by. And then out of nowhere, you had uh, R-Truth hear a Tozawa pop up and scared her. <laughs> and then Reggie jumping off a truck. I know. Like you see, you see like Reggie like, like on the upper top portion of the screen, like doing all these leaps and stuff. And then he just comes out of nowhere. He's telling Dana Brooke how, Hey, um, I'm going to protect you. I got your back pretty much. Yeah. And then he saved her from getting attacked from by Tamita. Yeah. Very, I don't know. We're going to see what happens with that. I can see Reggie potentially taking that away from her, but it's awesome to see Dana Brooke, uh, having a championship. Yeah. Even though the fans don't like that championship, I love that championship. Hey, it's the most entertaining thing for Monday Night Raw. I mean, besides the this, this steel cage match was entertaining. Yeah. The main event, though, we saw Becky Lynch pick up the victory over Liv Morgan to retain the Raw Women's Championship. This match took place seven year, 17 years to the date of the first ever women's main event on Monday Night Raw between Trish Stratus and... Lita, and I'm, which and we I saw misspoke. a nod to with that dive that Liv Morgan did to the outside. Yeah, and I misspoke. This was the most entertaining thing of the night. The twenty four seven championship is usually twenty four seven championship is usually very entertaining, but <laughs> this main event was incredible. It was 
it was really a lot of fun. You really had moments where you thought Liv Morgan was going to pull it out, especially because then this happened with Lita and Trish. Lita got the victory over Trish Stratus. And I was um, I'm obviously pulling for Liv Morgan, but like I've been saying for a while, there was just no way I thought she was going to win. Hey, and now look at this Becky ending. Lynch, Becky Lynch used the rope to cheat to win. Like she she used the rope. It was legal in the match. No, it wasn't legal in the match when she did it with Charlotte Flair. Charlotte yeah. Flair was also trying to do that, though. So Becky used the, the rope to cheat and win, and now I'm thinking maybe she'll be the challenger at day one. I, maybe we'll see Liv Morgan go on to win the Royal Rumble next year. I'm kind of seeing Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan with Liv Morgan winning. Say, seeing what? Becky versus Charlotte? Yeah, with Liv. Like a triple threat? Yeah, triple threat. I don't know. Whenever. I don't care. They're on different brands, brother. Yeah, Liv Morgan's a champion, though. She could do everything. Let her have her. No, but realistically, realistically, I could see her winning at either day one or, I mean, you have the WrestleMania moment. But... We'll have to see how it plays out. But this match was awesome. Liv Morgan, I think, won the respect of many people that were watching that may have doubted her. Yeah, um, now there's a uh, a new meme from that where afterwards when she lost, angry Liv girl instead of Ms. girl. <laughs> That's awesome. But we also had NXT War Games take place this week. Um, I thought overall it was an awesome event. I took a survey through WWE about war games, and they're like, uh-huh. how much did you enjoy this match? And they asked me, I think it was Andre Chase versus Odyssey Jones. I'm like, I didn't, well, what match is this? I didn't see this match. And apparently it was a dark match that <laughs> I don't know why you could have possibly polled me about it. It wasn't on the kickoff show. Yeah, what? how would that even, come on now. <laughs> yeah, but the opening contest saw Raquel Gonzalez Kaylee Ray, Io Shirai, and Cora Jade pick up the victory over Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai in a War Games match. This match was a lot of fun. And Cora Jade, I think she is heavily over uh, right now, especially with the connection of AJ and CM Punk now. You know, I was watching like some of the clips and stuff, and I think that's so cool. Like, I've never seen those clips of of uh, Cora Jade, but seeing her like at that, I don't know if it was a oh, with the UFC stuff, asking CM Punk those questions and everything like that, and at the autograph signing and calling right. him Pa. What's that? I said right. Yeah, I thought that that's really that's really cool. That's really awesome to see. But that's besides of where the uh, the placement of the cages were that they had to stay in. The placement of the cages. Where, like, they had to, like, run down the steps, like, the shield or something. Oh, I thought that that was weird. I thought it was that... interesting, but not, like, pulled off properly. It wasn't effective. I mean, I don't, I don't, under, I don't know why they did that, because it didn't change the effect of anything. The only yeah. thing that it made it interesting was whether or not somebody was going to trip going down the steps. Although I guess then it was, like, the the person on the team could actually see what's going on because they changed the entranceway so it's smaller. So maybe that's why they did it. Maybe. 
But Dakota Kai and Kaylee Ray started the match. Corey Jade enters next. We see Gigi Dolan after that, who posted, I believe on Instagram, that her eye makeup was a tribute to Daphne. So that was cool. Oh, cool. But Io Shirai, JC Jane. Uh, I liked Io Shirai doing the, the knees with the garbage can lid. Yeah. I wasn't expecting something like that, but Cora Jade ends up jumping from the top of the cage, puts JC through a table with a rolling senton. I think she is a huge Jeff Hardy fan as well. Mad yeah. Hardy fan. And it looked like she hurt her shoulder. And I thought she hurt her shoulder. But then the referees try to get her out of the ring and Io Shirai is like, nah, I got this. And tugs on her arm to reset it. I popped big time at that. I thought it was one of the funniest things. Because <laughs> like that's like a complete hook, line, and sinker moment where I was like, I thought for sure she was injured. Yeah. And then they went and did that spot. I was like, thank God it's just a... a <laughs> thank work. God I'm just getting worked. Yeah. <laughs> but Raquel Gonzalez was out after that. We saw uh, an interesting Dakota Kai garbage can spot where she got stuffed in and tossed around kind of like a giant swing, but in a, uh, a garbage can. And then we saw Kaylee Ray where it looked like she was about to hit Cora Jade with a kendo stick, which was interesting. And then she tossed it to her and she was the one that broke the line to fight everybody. And the ending for me, it felt kind of flat for, for me. But Cora Jade picked up the victory over JC. And I think that's cool, you know, building a star. Yeah, Cora I don't Jade. mind Cora Jade being the one that picked up that victory. I just, it like, it, I feel like more had it to happen. There was just like, it like, the, the stuff that led to it was just like nothing to me. But, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but yeah, I'm a big fan of Cora Jade picking up that victory, and I like Cora Jade, so. Yeah. Next up, After you had Imperium, Imperium pick, pick up the, the victory, victory over Kyle O'Reilly. And Von Wagner, did you seriously try to uh, keep going? Yeah, I didn't know if you heard me t- introducing the match or not, but <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I, I believe I started before you, but I, I'm pretty positive I started first. But you know, well, hey, we'll, we'll let the listeners. Uh, I, I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, uh, I thought it was. Maybe and I good. I'm out looking like a big star here. I'm happy that Imperium picked up the victory. Yeah, I was kind of, I don't know, I thought maybe we would see Imperium lose, but I am glad Imperium won. I liked uh, that Fabian Eichner spot where he caught Von Wagner in a deep squat and fouled that that up with the the rolling fireman's carry senton. thought that was great. Uh, there were two different spots where I thought Kyle O'Reilly had it won, though. Once when I thought Marcel Bartel tapped out, and then another time when Kyle O'Reilly had the guillotine locked in and the referee looked like he was about to go call for the bell. I was like, oh, oh, and then that didn't happen. But, but yeah, I, overall, I liked it. The spot that Fabian Eichner did where he uh, jumped outside of the ring, I thought was pretty crazy. But overall, I think this really helped build Imperium back up to where they definitely need to be. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. And then after the match, damn Von Wagner went to attack Kyle O'Reilly afterwards. 
Kyle ducks it and takes him out and held up the Undisputed Era hand sign and a suck it. The internet went abuzz. And Kyle was interviewed later on and challenged Von Wagner to a cage match for Tuesday, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Next up, you had Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over Duke Hudson in a hair versus hair match. Uh, This almost did not play into the hands of Cameron Grimes. Duke Hudson was about to shave him at the end. I thought, in general, I thought Cameron Grimes, I fully expected him to lose. Uh, Yeah, he has the head of hair. But Hudson tried to cheat, and he got caught. Grimes did cheat, and he got away with it. And then, like you said, uh, Duke Hudson went to go shave Cameron Grimes, but he was able to escape that, and he shaved Duke Hudson's short hair. Yeah, the thing I did not like is that, they, in my perspective, they did not show Duke Hudson on the ramp. Long no, they enough. definitely did. From my memory, they definitely showed him on the ramp. I don't think they cut. Co- if they did, it was very quick. I don't think that Maybe we had. I, if I blinked, then that wasn't on camera long enough. But they should have definitely panned to him being bald for a prolonged period of time instead of well, he was focus on camera. Yeah, but even still, I feel like that should have been I'm the like focus. I'm like 99% sure they did that. I don't think on the ramp. But if it was, it was very quickly. I, I really feel like they did. I don't know. Maybe but, I'm just well, it should have been longer. Seeing things that I want to see, but throughout yeah. the night they aired video packages for new upcoming talent, which I could have done without all of them. But I thought it was a really good thing to have if you're somebody new tuning in to spotlight the superstars that you're like, hmm, I, yeah, maybe I'll check this out. So, yeah, uh, they also announced NXT New Year's Evil. Two will be taking place on January 4th. So that's a normal episode of NXT to look forward to, just with a a fancy name and probably some beefed up matches. I can't believe it's already been a year. Yeah, when we we thought evil was coming to NXT. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, last year that that was the one that Dexter Loomis drew the images for all the matches, right? I want to like say he was yes. the host. I want right? to say yes, probably. I, I think Dexter Lunas was the host, and he was drawing the characters of everybody. But I think so. Yeah. Next up, you had Roderick Strong pick up the victory over Joe Gacy to retain. Um, I'm happy by this result. I think it would have been interesting to see where Joe Gacy went with the title. Yeah, but. but... I'm... Overall, see, and I don't know, we'll talk about it when we get to NXT, but I like during the match when Ivy Nile was, like, getting into Joe Gacy's face, and then Harland went and picked her up, and Gacy made her made him put her down. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny, but I thought it was a decent match. Uh, main event, saw Team 2.0 pick up the victory over the black and gold in a War Games match. We saw Carmelo Hayes and Johnny Takeover start the match. Johnny... Coming out to Rebel Heart one more time. Coming out to a mashup of all his past NXT TakeOver gears. Which I thought was really cool. And then him and Carmelo Hayes prior to Grayson Waller entering the match. I thought they had a pretty good match. Oh yeah. They they really kicked off this match hard hitting. And it got the crowd ready. 
Yeah, Trick Williams, we saw him toss a chair into the ring, which distracted Johnny Gargano. Pete Dunn was out next. Tony D'Angelo after that. We saw Trick help uh, bring tables into the ring. And then he went under the ring for maybe more weapons. And Dexter Loomis came out to get Trick Williams away from the match. And, like, last week when we heard Dexter Loomis escape from the hospital... I didn't think that meant we'd be seeing him at war games. I just didn't think of that. So I popped at that. He yeah, gave then Johnny I, I liked... a, a thumbs up. Johnny gave him a thumbs up back. Yeah, I thought that that was a nice little uh, uh, nod where he turned to Johnny with the thumbs up and everything. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, the door, though, was locked. So L.A. Knight had to climb up to get in. And then Braun Breaker came out and... Uh, Eventually snapped the chain to open it and get into the (laughs) match. Couldn't break the chains? (laughs) I mean, I don't think I could have done that, so... Mark Henry could. Mark Henry would have ripped the door off. (laughs) But Tommaso Ciampa finally got into the match and took everybody out. Gargano got a crutch that he tossed to Ciampa, which was a nice nod to their feud. I liked... Johnny Gargano's lawn dart to Carmelo Hayes into the garbage can. That was that, a cool part. There, that, there was uh, one part. Top rope belly to belly suplex that LA Knight did to Grayson Waller through a table I thought was cool. There was one point where uh, LA Knight came into the ring and they were tossing him all the kendo sticks and stuff like that. I don't know. That I thought was stupid. When LA Knight, like they, like they tossed him one kendo stick and then he hit one guy with the kendo stick one shot and then he threw it down and then threw him another a different kendo stick he hit the other wrestler with one shot threw it down and then he turned to them for another weapon and then they finally gave him the trash can and i thought that that was stupid that he was throwing down the kendo stick after one hit (laughs) with the it just didn't make sense to me i thought it was really stupid that spot it was team unity yeah team stupidity yes unity well, we but, saw an yeah. air raid crash from the middle rope onto a garbage can from Champa to Braun Breaker, which I thought was nice. Grayson Waller went up to the top of the cage to dive off onto L.A. Knight and put him through a table. The crowbar swinging neck breaker from the, the top rope from Tony D'Angelo to Pete Dunne I thought was dope. That was a cool spot. I hope that that's a spot that he continues to use with the crowbar. I don't think you're allowed to, but... Hey, he's a heel. I mean, was <laughs> was RVD allowed to use the chair every time he hit the Van Daminator? I'm going to say probably yes. Probably yes, yes. We know ECW, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but then DIY, of course, doing meeting, meeting in the middle... And then both of them pinned Braun Breaker. I thought that was it, man. And then Carmelo Hayes broke up the match, broke up that pin, and Braun Breaker won the match for the team. I thought that that was a cool... Was it the end? Um, Where... Who was it? You had the spear spot? Yeah, it was... I know, I know. It, Champa was there. It involved Champa, I think. Um, I forgot what it, it yeah, just looked. Really, they went through a table. Yeah, 
I, I, I forgot what happened, but like specifically, but it looked so clean. I think it was like Braun Breaker got somebody up and then Champa hit the spear, at, but it was like the perfect timing and it was just, it just looked awesome. But yeah, so that was uh, yeah. NXT War Games. But let's get on to uh, some actual more NXT. Yeah, Kick it Von off with Wagner. that cage match where Valen Wagner picked up the victory over KOR. Beat you on that one, buddy. Yeah, and I liked Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly attacking Von Wagner during his entrance. I like that it felt different than Raw's cage match, but I feel like it should have been more brutal. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen Kyle O'Reilly win this, but like, it seems like he's on his way out, and this will help put Von Wagner over. Yeah, this definitely elevated Von Wagner. And Wagner I mean, smashed Kyle O'Reilly with the door afterwards and basically I mean, like took him out. Yeah, after the match, that wasn't enough even. Right. You know? But We saw Joe Gacy speak about war games and said that the outcome of the war games match that he had against Roderick strong does not matter. It's the fact that he had the match is what mattered. And he mentions, I think he mentions two Oh five live. So I, I don't know if he's going to change the name of two Oh five live or what's going to happen there. Cause he was kind of like talking about it without actually talking about it. And uh, Harlan's going to be making his in-ring debut next week. I'm excited but to see what's the, what to expect for this. We've seen, but in regards to the 205 Live, we've seen stuff that has not been 205 Live-esque a lot recently. So I wonder if it's just going to be turned into a secondary NXT show or what. Yeah. NXT Dark. Maybe. Maybe. But. After that, Brown Breaker challenged Tommaso Ciampa for the championship again. Diamond Mine came out, and Malcolm Bivens said that Roderick Strong has defeated absolutely everybody, and now that the weight limit has been lifted, he's ready to face everyone. And Roderick is the champion of NXT and has his set, his sights set on Brown Breaker and Braun Breaker accepted that match, so I don't know if we're going to be seeing a cruiserweight championship match where Braun Breaker wins the championship, or if that's going to be a non-title match or what. I hope he. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. After that, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs picked up the victory over the Creed brothers. Brooks Jensen wearing a Bad Street USA T-shirt. I thought it was funny. Um, but Imperium came out to watch this. The Grizzled Young Veterans were on commentary. James Drake took the tag rope from behind the referee's back. So Josh Briggs wasn't able to get a legal tag in. And then it also kind of distracted one of the Creed brothers. Jensen was still able to get the victory. Like, at first when... They did the the tag rope spot in the beginning of the match. I was like, thank God, a referee who's refereeing. Yeah. And then they did that tag rope spot, and I was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so stupid. 
Yeah, that was backfired I on it was you. So stupid. But later on backstage, Grizzled Young veterans were arguing with Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, and Jack at time showed up. We didn't even talk about Jack at time during War Games, where uh, what's his name, Ikem and Jiro got diarrhea for some reason. Hey. That was bizarre. Yeah, but weird. Briggs and Jensen end up leaving with Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, who offered free concert tickets. And then Grizzled Young Veterans attacked Jack at time. And in the back, Karen Q woke up, took her eye mask off. It's 100% her now. I think they're saying they're going her. She's going by Wendy Chu. So Mei Ying is no more. Yeah. Awful. But we'll see where that goes with her. I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah, but still, they had, like, there was so much buildup for it. I think once Zaya went to SmackDown. That's the one thing I don't like about WWE is that there's no follow through with some of the storylines. Yeah. But, but after that, Duke Hudson yeah. came out wearing a wig, completely looking like a like Logan Paul, which I thought was funny. But Cameron Grimes came out, Duke Hudson put on some wrestling headgear. And it sets up a no-holds-barred match for next week between the two of them. I'm looking forward to this no-holds-barred match. Yeah, I mean, I could do without it, but... I don't like, know, I'm what, okay what with is, it. like, the ultimate thing, like... I mean, even though Kurt Angle also didn't really have long hair when he got his head shaved bald. No, he had short... Yeah, it was always short. Right, so... But then look what came from it. I mean, we had him wearing the wig underneath the headgear. For... Right, which is what we're seeing right now. With, with Exactly, and it's always it's like comedic gold. Yeah, well, we'll see what how much more gold it gets. But uh, after that, Grayson Waller was chatting up Tesha Price, showing off uh, some pictures of him at War Games, and asked her to hang out. And she's like, oh, I'm actually hanging out with somebody else and then LA Knight pulls up so it was him and they take off together and that angers Grayson Waller but we'll get to that more to come next match we saw Dexter Loomis pick up the victory over Carmelo Hayes via disqualification I thought it was a decent match I liked Carmelo Hayes selling his ribs throughout the match where uh, even in the middle of a springboard he was holding them yeah, I like you, when, you don't see that selling as much anymore. Right. I like when Trick Williams, was get, he got in the face of Dexter Loomis, and Loomis was out, and then all of a sudden he opens his eyes and looks at him, and Waller screamed, not Waller, uh, Trick Williams screamed at the top of his lungs and ran away. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but then uh, Dexter Loomis had Carmelo Hayes in silence, and Trick Williams broke it up. Loomis then locked him in it, but Carmelo Hayes broke it up. So, I assume that could continue the feud, but later on, Diamond Mind spoke about how Roderick Strong is the champion, and Carmelo Hayes cut him off because he considers himself the A champion, and he referred to Roderick Strong as the last man standing in that group. So that also pretty much solidifies Kyle O'Reilly gone. Yeah. 
unfortunate, you know? So I don't know what's going to happen with all that, those two, three different feuds going on together. Yeah. But, but we saw MSK finally meet the shaman. It's not Rob Van Dam, <laughs> but it's pretty, no pun intended, damn close. It's, uh, it's Matt Riddle. I, they're, they're worried how that did they we, peaked too early. How didn't we see it as Matt Riddle? I feel like we might have thrown Riddle out there. No, I think we, we kept on going with RVD. Well, no, because there was definitely one week where they teased a Jeff Hardy spot, which made no sense, but I I feel like we might have said Riddle. But I was so sure it was going to be Rob Van Dam. Yeah. But MSK, Crazy. they were worried that they peaked too early, and uh, Matt Riddle's just calming them down, talking them through it, and it was kind of like Impact Wrestling's Treehouse when they would do it. Not with Riddle, but obviously mm-hmm. it's Trey Miguel. But uh, after that, we saw Persia Parada tell Indy Hartwell that she can finally focus on her matches now that Dexter Loomis is back. And she told her to lo- leave her love at the home so they could win titles now. And then Dexter Loomis showed up, picked her up. All the focus went to Dexter Loomis. Johnny Gargano showed up for a hug. And Persia Parada did not join in a, in a group hug. She was just uh, not having it. She was kind of like, looked like she was pissed off. Yeah. She was not about After it. After that, Toxic at all. Attraction picked up the victory over Valentina Faraz and Yulisa Leone. For me, Leone keeps, uh, she continues to impress me. That rolling Death Valley bomb that she hit was very nice. Yeah. I want to see a lot more about from Yulisa uh, Leone. Yeah. And I'm happy that they get to like showcase a little bit before actually losing. Yeah. But Mandy Rose lays out the challenge to anyone and says that they'll be waiting. And then Cora Jade came out and said that she beat Mandy two weeks ago. She won war games. Raquel Gonzalez came out and Toxic Attraction ends up leaving. But Cora Jade wants a title shot. Raquel Gonzalez also wants a title shot. Then Kaylee Ray came out and gave Cora Jade the bat. So it seems like Cora Jade will be getting the title shot next. Perhaps. That's what it seems like, but maybe. We saw another video package for Tiffany Stratton. This time, I was kind of surprised because we have not previously seen footage of her, like shoot footage of her with gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got to see it this time. So I like that they're tying in real life stuff from her previous career to WWE wrestling. Yeah. Just a different name, obviously, but she in the video package says that the NXT women's championship is better than a gold medal. I don't know about that. True. That is, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But after that, we saw Tony D'Angelo, he had Pete Dunn's mouth guard. He took it out during that War Games match. And then Andre Chase told Tony that if he had listened to his strategy, maybe they would be the ones to... Maybe uh, Tony would be the one that looked like the star, as opposed to Braun Breaker. And then it sets up a match for them next week. So, I don't I don't see Andre Chase winning that. 
No, not at all. But next up, you had Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Zion Quinn. Um, I was expecting I, it to be shorter. I was, ex- I was kind of, I don't know. There was a moment I thought Quinn was going to win. Uh, yeah, I thought that as well. But I, I didn't, I didn't realize it was the main event, and I liked this match. It looked like. Uh, at one point, when Quinn was about to, uh, it looked like he was going to go for a fallaway slam from the middle rope, and Santos reversed it, hit a top rope Hurricane Rana. Electra Lopez sneaking some brass knuckles onto Zion's hand behind the referee's back. And I was like, no. I was like, it's going to happen. She's turning on Legato. But when the referee turned around, he saw the, they saw the, the, uh, the brass knucks, and they started yelling she yelled at them to to get them out of the ring makes you wonder and he ends up knocking wild off the apron using the brass knucks but santos hits the phantom driver picks up that victory and i really i thought lopez was going to turn on legato but hey could could still happen yeah could still happen i mean very much possible could have been her just playing it cool, you know. I meant to help you guys out. It was all intentional. But next you up, you had a Boa, Boa video. video package where he challenged Idris Anofi for a match next week. So that will take place. But NXT comes to a close with Johnny Gargano. Prior to him coming out, Candice LeRae was backstage with him. And he cut this long promo about how he wished that he enjoyed it more, but he always wanted to give the fans 100%, so he was always so focused on that. And he puts over guys like William Regal, he puts over the fans as to why he ended up in NXT. And he obviously, he puts everybody behind the scenes over, and he says that sometimes change needs to happen. And he might do some things here and there. He's excited to be a dad coming up. Candice is due in February. And Grayson Waller wants to make a name for himself, attacks him with the chair, puts his neck in the chair, slams it into the steps, puts him through the commentary table. So I don't know, like as of this moment, Johnny Gargano is not signed with WWE. No, and it's it's just weird that they put uh, KOR and uh, Gargano like in those positions to elevate somebody else before on the way out. Both of them. But Gargano you know? said you never fail if you don't bet on yourself. And to me, that sounded like we could see him in a few months on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, his but, pro wrestling tees. Yeah, with the fact that he's got a pro wrestling tee store now. Yeah, it seems like uh, he's done. Unless maybe they're going to tease it or whatnot. I have no idea. Like, this is just like all part of the story. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not, but... And then everybody, obviously, is like, oh, he's got to go to AEW, like, next week. But, no. For me, I think Johnny Gargano, he could take the time off, maybe show up at a wrestling promotion in April or some, something like that. Let him be I a dad. Know. Yeah, I would say focus on being a dad instead of coming into a new company and then being... I don't know. You can look and at again, what... That's again, that's what he said. He might do some things here and there. Some things here and there. I could see him do stuff in Cleveland. In indie, in indie I gate could, here and there. Yeah, I could see him doing the AEW though before February. Uh, I mean, see. Page Page did that. Page. I mean, he. Who's Page? Yeah, 
Hangman. He did the entire thing where he was heavily involved, and then he went away because his wife gave birth, and everybody was like talking no, and stuff. He was signed, and then to he came AEW back at that point. Yeah, I could see that happen. I could gone for like a month. What are you talking about? Yeah, two months. Exactly. Completely I could see Gargano. Different. I could see Gargano doing that. I could see, no. What I'm saying is, I could see him joining AEW for December, January, and then leaving. No, in February. December is already right now. He's not going to be. He's not signing up, showing up next week or something. I'd be shocked yeah, if he, he did. Could, he could. He could join in the end of the year. By the end of the year, make a debut. He's allowed to show up next week at Winter Is Coming. I don't see that happening though. Exactly. I, I could see it happen. Well, but, so yeah. That's WWE the announced joining. Um, I can't remember his name. Gable, Gable Stevens. The the next in line program that they have, the college athletes, and a bunch of the names I know you knew one of the names. Yeah, the you rest AJ we'll Ferrari. see what happens. But yeah, I think that this for the I think that this is stupid. The next in Why? line I think is awful. I think it's Why? really awful for NCAA. You keep saying I, that, but why? I think that they should be placing their values on their schooling more well, over are. more over WWE. They um, are. Okay, I I don't want them in the ring training. I don't want I don't want Gable Stevenson or AJ Ferrari being in a wrestling ring training when they should be in a wrestling room training. I don't want it I don't want I think that it's a lot of pressure on these kids, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. I think that it's better to let them focus on school, focus on their collegiate sport, and then when they graduate, then you can get them to start training with wrestling. You know, but I would I think that it's awful to get them in there right now. But AJ Ferrari, I mean AJ Ferrari, he's just a he was, he's just a sophomore. I mean, these are all kids. Wow. You know, well, that's yeah, what, like the well, some of them are some of them are seniors, some of them. But AJ Ferrari, he's so for those that don't know, AJ Ferrari, he's from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. He's the reigning NCAA uh, D one champion. Uh, very arrogant on the mic, you know. Post interview of the NCAA, very arrogant style and stuff like that. But you can also kind of pick up that it's gimmick, you know, but. I think that he's going to have an incredible year, but he's only a sophomore. You know, I'd rather him focus on defending his championship in training to defend his championship instead of thinking about getting into a wrestling ring. Well, I we think don't it's just know a what's lot of distraction. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I, I just think that. it's but a lot other, of other names overall. on the list. Is, we have uh, Carlos Aviles, Haley, and Hannah Cavinder, who. I think I've heard of via YouTube. I believe they they do stuff on YouTube. Uh, they're familiar. basketball stars. Carlos is track and field. Lexi Gordon from Duke University, a basketball player. Aaliyah Hutchins from Wake Forest University. She's track and field. John Cron, seven feet tall, football player from Portland State. Glenn Logan, six foot five. Football player from LSU, Isaac Odugbasan from uh, 
University of Alabama. Alabama. I think he's from Nigeria. Yeah, Mason, six foot four. Mason, yeah, Mason Paris from University of Michigan, another wrestler. Uh, Masai Russell, University of Kentucky, track and field. You have a little bit of everything sprinkled in there. John Seaton from El- uh, Elon University, football player. John Spivak, Northwestern University, another football player. Dalton Wagner, University of Arkansas, football player. And Riley White, uh, University of Alabama, track and field. So I think have a- right off the bat, Spivak and Wagner both look like they're 100% workers. They look like you know? 100% they're going to be wrestlers. Let well at six foot and six foot nine and with over three hundred pounds, I hope that they're becoming wrestlers. If not, I don't know what else is gonna be uh knocking on their doors. You know? That's that you got that you got that look. Use well, what's, it. What's knocking football for sure could be knocking. Yeah, exactly. You know? But yeah. But that's the NXT, the next in lines. The NXT UK this week, Blair Davenport picked up the victory over Amelia McKenzie. I thought it was a decent match, but I was expecting McKenzie to pick up the victory there. But maybe this is going to tie into the whole thing where she's not as good as she is without Mako Satamora being there. And then afterwards, Blair Davenport choked her out. And then on the flip side of that, Zaya Brookside is blaming Sid Scala for only giving her one week to prepare for her match against Mako last week, and that's why she lost. Is Sid's fault, basically. We saw Jordan Devlin come out saying he wants the NXT UK Championship. He called Ilya Dragunov out, and Dragunov is just like, if you want a title shot, all you have to do is ask. He's prepared for everything, and Devlin mentioned Ilya Dragunov's kids, and then Ilya attacked him, and that snapped him. He set him off. Sam Gradwell picked up the victory over Shaw Samuels. Gradwell tried to trick the referee using Shaw Samuels' scarf and Noam Dar when the ref turned around. He saw Noam Dar, but Dar was swearing that he wasn't choking him. And then the referee was dealing with that. Sam Gradwell did one of those towel whips to Shaw Samuels below the belt and picked up the victory off of that. And then the main event, Mustache Mountain picked up the victory over Pretty Deadly to become the new NXT UK Tag Team Champions. And I I was not expecting that at all. I wasn't expecting that. I I did mention a few weeks ago how Pretty Deadly already defeated Mustache Mountain for the title, so they definitely needed to win here, or else it wouldn't have made sense that Mustache Mountain got another shot. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, in their previous match pretty deadly cheated behind the referee's back but still Tyler Bate is now NXT UK's first triple crown winner he won the mm-hmm. NXT UK championship the heritage cup and now the the tag team title so that's pretty cool but nice accolades right there to, yeah pretty deadly this match though they beat the hell out of Trent Seven here so him kicking out over and over again I thought was nice and then he hit a burning hammer on Sam Stoker Onto Lewis Howley, and then Tyler Bate hit the corkscrew sent on on both of them to pick up the victory. Wasn't expecting that at all. But that's NXT UK. Moving over to SmackDown. Sami Zayn came out in a wheelchair with two nurses, and he said that it took both Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar to do that to him and brought up a conspiracy. And... He brought up how they each hate each other, but worked together to make sure he didn't get his title shot. And then he threatened to sue everybody. 
Paul Heyman came out and Sammy said he wasn't done talking. Paul kept going. Sammy stood up and said there's nobody to save him because Roman Reigns is not there tonight. And then Brock Lesnar came out. He was wearing overalls, which I wasn't expecting that. But he grabbed a chair, sat in the ring to talk with Sami Zayn, and said that he did Sami Zayn a favor last week because he wasn't going to beat Roman Reigns. And he also invited Sami Zayn to go hunting and fishing with him, but Sami said he's a vegan. And then Paul egged Brock on, and Brock took out the nurses. Sami tried to beg Brock or plead with him to not do anything to him, but Brock takes him out, ends with an F5, and then Kayla Braxton interviewed Brock Lesnar about why he came out and did what he did, and he said to ask his advocate. And later on, Kayla questioned Paul Heyman about it, and he told her to stop asking him stuff like that. She asked how Roman's going to react to that, and he, like, looked nervous, but he walked away. First match saw Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura pick up the victory over Los Lotharios. Shinsuke Nakamura is a singles champion, the Intercontinental Champion. I don't think he should be in tag team matches. I don't think he should be in tag team feuds. Once in a while, a tag team match I think is fine, but as a feud, it makes no sense. And this match sucked. Nothing happened in it. Los Lotharios were previously undefeated, so boom. Now they're defeated. Makes no sense. Backstage, Kofi Kingston unveiled a new crown for Xavier Woods. The crown looked huge. Somehow it fit on his head, but that thing looked huge. We also saw Drew McIntyre talking to Adam Pearce about the Battle Royal and being left out of it the other week. And he said Sonya Deville was the one who made the match and spoke of this higher authority who also happened to ban Angela from being ringside. And he puts it through the desk with the sound effect, which is kind of goofy. But with that, I wonder who this higher authority is. Drew McIntyre goes into that match to pick up a victory over Sheamus, which I liked. I just wish it was a lot longer. I did like Sheamus hitting a bro kick on Drew McIntyre when when he went for a Claymore. Uh, But Sheamus goes a little bit later on. Irish whips Drew McIntyre into the corner. And he shoots right out of the corner, hits a Claymore to pick up that victory. Naomi versus Sonya Deville ended up not happening. Uh, Sonya Deville announced that Natalia was going to be the guest ring announcer and Shayna Baszler was the guest timekeeper. Before the match, Naomi goes out to take both of them down and then Sonya gets them up, tried to get them to go fight her and all three of them surrounded her on the, the ring apron and Zaya Lee made the save. I think she has the best 3D graphics that I've ever seen in WWE so far. Aside from that Shinsuke Nakamura one that I used to like, the the one that would transform the whole ceiling that I thought was really cool. But uh, I don't know if that's the strongest way to debut Zaya Lee. Backstage, we saw the cast of Jackass Forever with RK Bro, and Orton really wanted no part of it. They're at SmackDown for a tag team. Who's the best tag team match for some reason? Match after that saw Tony Storm pick up the victory over Charlotte Flair via disqualification because Charlotte didn't listen to the referee and kept stomping her. And as far as this match goes, I liked when Tony Storm was actually wrestling, but a majority of this was just not good. 
Charlotte attacked Tony Storm afterwards. I I guess Tony earns a title shot now. I I don't I don't get it. Backstage we saw Brock Lesnar thank Adam Pierce for his suspension because he found out that the money that he was charged went to to a charity and he was able to hunt moose, giant moose. And then he was trying to show Adam Pierce pictures on his cell phone and broke it in half. It was a flip phone. Kind of a pointless segment. But Roman Reigns is back next week. Main event saw New Day pick up the victory over the Usos and RK Bro. Ringside, we saw Reggie Bush, the cast of Jackass Forever, Maria Menounos, and X-Pac. X-Pac did not get a lower third. Maybe they didn't expect him to be ringside or what, but... He was there. I thought it was pretty cool. But this was billed as a match to see who the best team in WWE is. I don't really get why RK-Bro was involved in this or why it was billed as such. I understand RK-Bro. Uh, they, I mean, they beat the Usos at Survivor Series. Although I guess it could be argued that it was just champion versus champion at Survivor Series and New Day are, in fact, the best team in WWE right now. Certainly the longest reigning tag team champions of this modern era, I believe. But as far as the match goes, I liked it. I liked that RKO spot. Xavier Woods tagged himself in before that RKO spot. The Usos didn't see that. And New Day was able to take advantage of the ending over there. So, it was was definitely didn't need that match, but I, I liked it. That's SmackDown. Going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You sh- you know, shaved up, making sure looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. You get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for the three. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Mark It Out, episode 566. Remember to head over to manscaped.com, use the code REGARDLESS, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Going to talk last week's AEW Rampage kicked off with Sammy Guevara picking up the victory over Tony Nese to retain the TNT Championship. Tony Nese is 100% signed to AEW now, which I think is fantastic. And they had a, a pretty good match. Probably, I think, the best one from last week. I do think it could have been longer. They always talk about how prestigious the, the TNT Championship is. So, a little bit more time on that match, I think, would have been good. But Tony Nese is so good that he'll be a breath of fresh air if they keep using him in AEW. After that, Christian cut a promo with Jurassic Express and he spoke about them becoming tag team champions and said that it's if it's the last thing he does in the business, he's going to make sure they're the next tag team champions, which like I could swear we heard the same promo on the last either Dynamite or Rampage. But if that's the last thing you're going to do in the business, you're going to make sure they're tag team champions. <laughs> okay. After that, Jade Cargill picked up the victory over Janai Kai. Thunder Rosa was on commentary here. It was literally a headlock and a uh, a glam a glam slam. Uh, Cargill hit a not so good looking big boot here after the match, like it didn't even connect. And then Thunder Rosa went to the ring and they brawled, leading to further their storyline. Main event saw FTR pick up the victory over Pac and Penta. Uh, this was supposed to be Phoenix and Penta. I don't know if the titles were supposed to be on the line, but I thought it was a good match. If you take away all the bad referee spots, we saw Tully argue with the referee. He gets knocked down off the apron. Served no purpose for the match, in my opinion. Dax faked a knee injury, and then, um, Malachi Black showed up and spit mist into Pac's eyes. Black then dug his thumb into Pac's eyes. Like, I guess they're going to continue the storyline with new people from WWE. So it should be interesting to see how they go with that. But that was Rampage from last week. I attended Dynamite this week at the UBS Arena on Long Island. So I might as well give you everything in a quick rundown way AEW dark we saw Chris Statlander and Red Velvet pick up the victory over Nikki Duke and Tina San Antonio which was cool because like I I never saw San Antonio wrestle I've never seen a bunch of these people wrestle live especially like Statlander I've been looking forward to seeing her wrestle live Tina is a former NYWC starlet champion so I think that's pretty cool After that, Thunder Rosa picked up the victory over Gabby Ortiz. Again, two people who I've not seen wrestle before and uh, have wanted to, so I'm happy with this. We saw the Gun Club pick up the victory over Antonio Zambrano, Jack Tomlinson, and Joey Sweets. 
again, some more people. Uh, and it was also really cool to see Billy Gunn wrestle live in 2021. Um, and then we saw Emi Sakura pick up the victory over Notorious Mimi. And then we saw Tony Nese pick up the victory over Alex Reynolds. And this, I was so happy to see. Um, like, this match on the independence means so much to me because I've seen it so many times and it's always so, like, really good. It was the last match of Tony Nese's that I saw on the independence before he signed to WWE officially or before he left to go to WWE officially. And it's probably the, the match I've seen the most on the independence. So... I had hopes that maybe we would see Tony Nese versus Alex Reynolds now that they're both signed to AEW. So it's taking place on Monday, I think. So I'm I'm happy that I got to see that live. After that, Santana and Ortiz pick up the victory over Anthony Gangone and Mike Verna and Prince Nana managed them out. So it was very unexpected to see Gangone, Verna, and Prince Nana with AEW, so I popped at that, I thought that was fun, we saw Anthony Agogo pick up the victory over Jaden Vallow, I thought this match went on too long, and he didn't use a knockout punch, which I was disappointed with, but that's fine, a bunch of these matches I think weren't necessary at all, and they were like, they were either super fast or too long, it it made no sense, with the exception of Tony Nese versus Alex Reynolds, who I could watch for hours, A lot of them were completely unnecessary. The fans weren't really into these matches. So I don't know how you keep a crowd hype for leading leading up to Dynamite. But Dynamite kicked off MJF's music hits to a loud cheer. He's on Long Island. Did not think he was going to get cheered. But CM Punk then comes out to a sea of booze. Like, which is... I thought it was really cool to hear people booing CM Punk. I don't understand why AEW chose to do that, to have CM Punk get booed. But it was pretty wild to see CM Punk cut a heel promo on Long Island and and have MJF really be the face of the night. We had the Dynamite Diamond, or by the way, that CM Punk promo, I think, went on a little too long. But uh, still, really cool to hear people boo him and cheer MJF. The Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal took place. The final two competitors go on to face each other next week for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. MJF and Dante Martin were the final two. I think it kind of sucks that Martin wasn't in a match that showcased his high-flying abilities more. But Wardlow, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Matt Seidel, Frankie Kazarian, Jay Lethal, Leo Rush, Matt, Matt Hardy... Uh, Lee Johnson, Lee Moriarty were the other 10 people in the match. MJF, like I said, with the CM Punk promo, got a huge pop. And the stuff that he did in the match I thought was really funny. He was like still staying in MJF's character, but completely getting cheered for it. And I thought that was fantastic. And afterwards, he raised Dante Martin's arm, and then Ricky Starks attacked Dante Martin. So MJF ran down to the ring to, you think, maybe make the save based off of him raising his arm. But he joined in and helped Ricky Starks, which I thought was hilarious. The people loved it. And then CM Punk ultimately made the save for Dante Martin and Ricky Starks, hitting the the GTS on 
on Starks and the crowd again, loud booze, <laughs> really funny. But after that, Jurassic Express and the Varsity Blondes teamed up to defeat the acclaimed and Team 2.0. I was really, really happy to see Anthony Bowens here because we followed him from the start of his career. And the last time I saw him wrestle live, it was probably in a rec center. So I was really happy to see him like in a giant arena wrestling. So for a major company too, I don't understand why this match took place, but I was just happy to see everybody. I'm a huge fan of team 2.0. I like the acclaimed. I'm a big fan of jungle boy and Luchasaurus. I like the varsity blonde. So it was just a random like indie match. I don't know what else to like call it. It was just, it made no sense that it took place, but I was happy that, that I got to see everybody there wrestle. After that, we saw the Young Bucks pick up the victory over the Best Friends. We saw the Elite beat down the Best Friends afterwards. And uh, Wheeler Yuta tried to make the save, but he also got taken out. And then the Best Friends theme song hits. And Sue shows up with her white van and Trent returned. So that was cool. Trent was able to clear house. It was cool to see Trent back. The last time I saw Sue in person was probably sitting at her at a, sitting next to her at an MYWC show or something, perhaps years ago. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Trent looking in incredible shape, bald now, which was surprising. So now that Trent's back, I'm looking forward to seeing him versus hopefully Adam Cole at some point. I was hoping maybe we would get that on. Rampage based off of the setup, but that got turned into Wheeler Yuta versus Adam Cole. After that, Tony Schiavone went to interview Sammy Guevara, but Cody Rhodes cut him off to a sea of booze. Cody wants the TNT Championship. He left, and then the men of the year appeared in the, the stands, and I, from what I got of their promo, Dan Lambert's coming back, and I think they also want a title shot. They made fun of Cody for like, or they made a, a point to say something with Cody always getting shots or whatever and saying that uh, Sammy Guevara needs to prove himself or something, which I think giving open challenges all the time proves the, the title or whatever himself as a champion. Not sure what they were saying. Not sure if it meant anything worth noting. After that, Riho picked up the victory over Jamie Hayter. Obviously, there was a bunch of uh, behind-the-referee stuff here. The, I think the bigger thing to come of this was Britt Baker after Riho won. I think it was an obvious victory, given that she's going to be facing Britt Baker. Uh, is Britt Baker locking her in the, the lockjaw afterwards? It uh, At one point where Rio was like literally dropped from the outside... She, she jumped off the turnbuckle to the outside. That was uh, was scary for a second. Next match, or not even the next match, we saw the Varsity Blondes come out again, randomly being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. And then Malachi Black showed up and misted Julie in the eyes. I don't understand why the Varsity Blondes were coming back out for an interview. To me, that should have been a backstage segment, but... I'm happy I got to see Malachi Black there. It was a quick second. I would have liked to have seen more, a match or something. Andrade wasn't there. Um, Sting and Darby Allen, they weren't there. I thought that was surprising. 
After that segment, though, it was the main event. Brian Danielson picked up the victory over John Silver. And much like Tony Nese, much like Alex Reynolds and Anthony Bowens, it was really cool to see John Silver here. I think everybody knew the outcome of this, but it was so surreal to see John Silver wrestling Brian Danielson in 2021. Brian continued the beatdown after the match, and Hangman Adam Page eventually came out, made the save to close the show. And then we move on to AW Rampage from this week. A lot of people left after Dynamite. And it was weird because, like, even during Dynamite, I know I, I went on Ticketmaster, and there were, like, the whole lower bowl section were, there were no seats available. But at Dynamite, the the, the seats uh, around the opposite the, the camera, a lot of scattered open seats, like big sections, open seats, and that that didn't make sense to me. But Rampage, as soon as Dynamite ends, people leave. People were leaving, and it made no sense. Like you're getting more wrestling. Is it like at Monday Night Raw, people aren't leaving at the ten o'clock hour. Why are people leaving? I don't understand. Maybe it's the AEW dark elevation that goes like forever. You're sitting there through matches that don't matter. But Rampage this week kicks off. Lucha Bros pick up the victory over FTR to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Their match on Saturday was so bad that I did not want to see this match ever again. But this match was much better. I don't know if they're going to keep this feud going. I really, I kind of hope not now that FTR didn't win this match. I hope not. And the Lucha Bros didn't win on Saturday. So, I don't know where they're going to go with this. After that, Nyla Rose, The Bunny, and Penelope Ford picked up the victory over Ruby Soho, Anna Jay, and Ty Conti. This, I guess, stemmed from a backstage segment that was supposed to be aired on Dynamite, but for us, they aired it literally as soon as Dynamite ended. I think Dave texted me during Dynamite to talk about this promo. I'm like, we, what? I, I didn't see a Ruby Soho segment. So it led to this Rampage match. This Rampage match, it was decent. It could have been a lot better. It could have been a lot worse. After that, we saw Hook pick up the victory over Fuego Del Sol. This was Hook's debut. His debut match. And I was not expecting to see Hook's debut match here, but it's he's a Long Island guy, I believe. And it was to me, it was a pretty standard wrestling match, but he's over big time in AEW, and he hit a Tazplex. I was happy to see that. And I'm glad he won using a Taz mission. I thought that was fun. Then the main event of Rampage saw Adam Cole pick up the victory over Wheeler Yuta. It's... I mean, with the same thing with Brian Danielson. It's really weird to see Adam Cole wrestling somewhere that's not NXT or WWE. But I enjoyed this match. Um, the Elite and the Best Friends brawled afterwards. I don't think there was any. There was nothing like too standout-ish of this card or anything. Like nothing was like, oh my god, this was like the greatest match ever. But Overall, I was just really happy to see Tony Nese and Alex Reynolds. So that made my night. And I was happy to see Billy Gunn, too, like I said. And again, obviously, MJF, Anthony Bowens, John Silver. 
So that's AEW this week. I know it's a little scattered, and I'd say a lot more positive than it was last week. But uh, hey, Brandon, got any shout-outs? Hey, wow, this is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's shout-outs. The first shout-out goes to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Have you watched the show at all recently or no? No, I have not. Have you watched it ever or no? Yes, I have. Well, it's back for its record-breaking 15th season. They're the longest-running live-action comedy series on American TV right now. Previously held by The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, which starred the parents of Ricky Nelson. So I think that's cool, but... Ricky Nelson was also on the show. But It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is getting the shout-out because of the way they handled the pandemic, to me, was so funny and well put together. Even, like, with who won the presidency, the way they handled it was so funny. And I don't want to spoil anything, but it's on FXX. They curse. They use really bad words. So check it out. If you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I'm sure you already saw it. After this, uh, live in front of a studio audience is getting the next shout-out, which is hosted by Jimmy Kimmel and Norman Lear. They get a star-studded cast to recreate episodes from sitcoms that Norman Lear either developed or produced, like All in the Family and Good Times. And this week, they had The Facts of Life and Different Strokes. And I thought both of them were good. I thought there were good cameos on here. WWE Hall of Famer Snoop Dogg was on. On, uh, (laughs) what was he? On Different Strokes, so I thought that was cool. Kevin Hart playing Arnold was hilarious to me. Because at one point, um, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. John Lithgow was Mr. Drummond. And it's one of those scenes where Arnold gets put onto Mr. Drummond's lap. So to see... John Lithgow put Kevin Hart onto his lap. I thought it was one of the funniest things. That does but, sound pretty uh, funny. Yeah, and then my last shout-out goes to Michael Nesmith, who passed away at the age of 78, a couple of weeks shy of his 79th birthday. Michael Nesmith, one of the members of The Monkees, which I was, uh, I am a big fan of The Monkees, but he wrote songs for the band like Mary Mary, Going Down and The Girl I Knew Somewhere. Outside of the Monkees, he had songs uh, like Different Drum, which Linda Ronstadt made famous. A solo song of his, Joanne, I'm a big fan of. And I got to see him one time in concert when he toured with Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork. Literally like nine years ago last week. So, uh, it's just a shame that he passed away and... My condolences to his family and his friends. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Our... I'm going to say from last week's episode of Young Sheldon. You watch weekly or no, you don't, right? No. But you love the show? Never gave it a chance. No time for oh, that, I thought you Brandon. you liked that show. No. 
Well, last week's episode of Young Sheldon had footage of Butch Reed versus Magnum TA on it from Mid-South Wrestling on it, so I popped at that. I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. For me, my mark out... AEW announced Dynamite and Rampage going to be at Boardwalk Hall in February because that was where WrestleMania 4 and 5 were. Other WWE shows as well, but I think those two are the biggest. Mm-hmm. I marked out for uh, the Andy Kaufman reference on Monday Night Raw by The Miz. I definitely marked out for that. I also yeah. marked out for uh, probably what you're about to say. Yeah, seeing Tony Nese versus Alex Reynolds in AEW live was, I already said it, it was fantastic, dope. Yeah, I marked out for that because, I mean, some of the best matches that I have ever seen live have been Tony Nese versus Alex Reynolds. Uh, I think that you would agree as well. Um, Their matches are always phenomenal. They're always different too. Uh, Never repetitive. And these are two. I'm kind of wondering, kind of wondering if I booked that match, you know, I tweeted out earlier today. I said, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Tony Nese versus Alex Reynolds. It's been a while. And then I, I'm I at think the match, you... and then Tony Nese comes out, and I'm, I'm leaning over to Brandon. I'm like, yo, I will mark the hell out if he's about to face Alex Reynolds. And then, join the Dark Order. And then I'm like, well, bro, you don't understand. I'm going to mark <laughs> the hell out. <laughs> and How long did they Alex go? Alex Reynolds is the one in the middle. I was like, this is amazing. This is great. How long so did they go? I'm happy to see that. What? Did How long did they go? Oh, I, what do I got to watch? Well, was it that a was one of the quick match? That I wish was longer. Well, was it like a three-minute match or was it a ten-minute match? No, 10 it wasn't match? like three minutes. It was a good, a, a good match. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And then also uh, I marked out on the Masked Singer, one of the contestants had a clue for Ken Jeong of Wrestle. And I popped at that because it's 100% Jewel. And she, very much so like Ken, guest hosted an episode of Monday Night Raw. So I have that clue in my head. I'm familiar with Jewel as a host of Monday Night Raw. So, huh. And I'm familiar with her voice. I don't know how the people don't understand like how they wouldn't know off the bat that's Jewel. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's I pop for that. And that's uh, Mark I'm on the Week. Take us home. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. This was episode 566. Once again, we appreciate each and every one of you. Don't forget to support us at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Check out all the past episodes. Like us. Follow us. All of that fun stuff. And keep on downloading. Keep on subscribing. And keep on listening. We wish you the Best of Best luck in your future endeavors. Happy, 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 happy.